Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your number one source for all things Final Fantasy TCG, sponsored by Ultimate Guard. You know that's how I'm going to do it. That, that's how the Don and Ritz episodes go. I just want to make sure I sound okay. That's the big thing. And I hope at this point you've already kind of cued the music. Because for a week now, I've been sitting here staring down the bottom of a bottle. I didn't know where it was going to take me. Opus 8 is done. Opus 9 is here. There's just so much to so much to take in. I don't really know what to do with myself. New cases popping up. Old ones still left unsolved. I got to be ready for anything. But I've also got to be ready for the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast, boys. We are back. I'm your host, Chris Adam. With me, once again, John Schreiner. John, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Hey, man. Glad to have you back. Uh, yeah, just you and I, Don and Ritz, Detective Agency. We're on the case this week. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about, man. Um, obviously, you know, there's some LQs this weekend. Uh, you know, there might have been a set release or something that happened this week. Um, you know, Gen Con's in a couple weeks. So like, let's we, we, got, we got a lot going on, dude. We got a lot going on. But most importantly, how have you been? How has Opus 9 been treating you before we dive in officially? Oh, speaking of diving in, it has been a, a hell of a hot weekend uh, for both of us. So uh, I, I was basically spending my weekend doing two things, trying to beat mm-hmm. the heat and trying to build Opus 9 decks. And I was just inside, like just sitting right in front of an air conditioner, just had my hands going crazy, <laughs> just slapping decks together. I, I built like seven different decks. I took the locals on Saturday. So I'm just having a lot of fun kind of exploring. Dude, yeah, the, the set's definitely better than I think myself. Per, I know myself gave it credit for, and I can't. And we'll talk more about that. You know, that's kind of going to be our main topic. But John, we're here. The sun has set on this Sunday. The, the, it's still humid as shit outside. Yeah. But you know what? I'm in my jammies. It's it's time to catch up on current events. You know, just just to get all the goings ons of the past week. John, we're going to take a little trip. We're going to cut the TV on to Channel 3. Because you know what it's time for? The news. All right, so first up this week, uh, kind of just finishing off some Opus 8 news. And before we do that, I know last week we had kind of had a send-off for Opus 8, but there was one thing we forgot to mention, and we kind of talked about it during the Wednesday tournament. I think one of the biggest things we forgot to talk about, it was the color me bad of Opus 8. It was Death Machine. That card uh-huh. was here today, gone today. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of so, wasn't just Death Machine, right? And immediately after, like two weeks after, we had a couple other issues, and it was a we had a little awkwardness with just some translations, I guess, or rulings on cards, um, mm-hmm. where there was really no way for us to know until we were in the middle of the tournament, which was a little weird. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that because people are still kind of like gun shy when it comes to like, oh, this card reads weird. Is it the way it's supposed to be? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but you know that that was last week. That's old shit. It's We're new time. It's new, new stuff. Yeah, we've that's got a right. brand it's new case. Time. Just came across our desk. <laughs> it came across our desk, and that's uh, we had a couple of LQs this weekend. Uh, I want to give before we get started. I want to give a huge shout out to Mr. Curtis Kang 
He is number five on the returners team to qualify for nationals. Uh, now, he did finish second at the event. He did uh, lose to Hunter Nance in the finals, from what I understand. And Hunter was already qualified, so the uh, you know the qualifier passed down to Curtis, which is good because apparently he went undefeated in Swiss and then you know just lost to Hunter in the finals. He is a tough opponent. So, no, yeah, absolutely. Former Worlds player, um, already qualified for national, so he's another one you can't ever count out until it's over. Um, and turns out Mono Ice is really, really dumb when they're, when uh, Donna Luma's not around. Because this week, um, and the LQ that happened today up in Northern Virginia, up at uh, Muhammad's store, which I believe he finished second. I'm not, not really sure what happened with that one. But the big thing about this week, John, as you know, that it was, you know, Opus 9 has been released, which we'll get to. But the any events that took place this weekend were Opus Eight, but with the Dotaluma ban in effect. Opus eight point nine. That's right. That's right. The it's like the, the pre-patch. The Opus, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The demo, yeah. as it were. The playing the on the, 9 the Opus Nine pre-patch. <laughs> exactly. It's like like the, the 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 little demo disc you would get inside of a PlayStation magazine back in the day. Yeah. That's all it was. So. But that's all right. So I know Curtis qualified. I'm not sure who won the Island Games event. I'm pretty sure it was uh, someone on Mono Water because all I know is Muhammad said he just he was just like I'm done. I can't play this mirror match. Uh, you got it. I quit. Yeah, I mean so. he's already qualified. I, I heard that he yeah he just was like done with Opus Eight Mono Water Mirror. And uh, yeah, I I don't know that I blame him, but I don't know that things are going to change too much. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Because the, uh, you know, before we get into Opus 9, there actually is another thing that took place. And, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know if this is just the curse of the 2019 Lightning Crystal Cups. But from what I understand, the, the, this past weekend was the Lightning Crystal Cup in France. I believe it was in France. Am I right? Yes. And apparently they were just plagued with Internet issues in the venue they were at, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, and apparently they had like city officials out there, like trying to fix it or whoever it was trying to get everything taken care of, but they were still able to record the matches and they released them on YouTube. And I actually haven't had a chance to go back and watch them yet. Yeah, so they I'll put it up really quick, this. actually. I was surprised. Yeah. So, so yeah. kudos to them for, you know, really taking, uh, you know, something that was, that was probably extremely trying and very difficult to deal with. And they actually made it work. So, yeah. They did what they could, yeah. you know, and they, yeah, they did big shout outs to those guys. And I don't know the gentleman who won. All I know is I know the event was won by Windwater. So a very fitting send-off to the last, you know, Crystal Cup of Opus 8 than to have probably one of the defining decks of not only Opus 8, but also Opus 7 to go ahead and send it on home. Yeah, I mean, um, I wasn't surprised to hear that that's what won. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially in, uh, in Europe. Of yeah. course, of course. But so with that being said, Opus 8, you're off the table. Go ahead and go ahead and put it in the solved case pile. But now that the, the new stuff has come across the desk, John, this week Opus 9 has released. People have bought their boxes. Play sets are assembled. Full sets are in hand. Cards are in hand. Full arts are being pulled. So, yeah, that's where we're going to start, John, talking about Opus 9. Yeah, so, a- you know, this... This is the first time that they've done something like this, like chase cards, for lack of a better way to put them. Tell me what your experience and what what your community response has been so far. Um, so full arts have already been 
a wacky ride, just a roller coaster, mm-hmm. right? I mean, these things were selling before the set was on sale. Uh, we mm-hmm. saw a Luso sell for $99 on TCG Player, and, and like, man. some of these other cards are, like, 30s and 40s, and, and I think I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, I, I don't even know that, that this is card's going to see much play. I mean, they look great. I can't mm-hmm. say enough. These cards look great. I think that these cards solve a lot of the problems that people were complaining about when they were first getting into this game, that, that it's mm-hmm. all just recycled kind of stock art. Um, these cards are really cool, and people who I know who don't even like foils are like trying to collect one of each, just you know, to have them. Um, so, so they're really neat. They are definitely rare. They're like one or maybe two, if you're lucky, per box. And there's 16 of them. <laughs> so when yeah. people have the one they like, it's rare. It's the one they get. So there's been a lot of kind of swapping and trading and arguing about what's worth what and that stuff going on around me, but um. You know, for as far as I'm concerned, I opened one of my pre-release kits, and there were two full arts in there, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing okay. I got the, you know. But, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be hard. If you want to get a playset of these things, it's going to take well, some that's work. that's going to be rough. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's really cool they're doing this, right? Because really, at the end of the day, like, when you look at this game, and I know, I don't know how other trading card games are, but for the most part, You know, Final Fantasy is really good about, like, if you were to buy, you know, X amount of booster boxes, you're going to get the entire set, right? Like, just the way the boxes are distributed. But now these full arts are in here. And they've kind of thrown a wrench into all of that. So do you think something like this, I know the answer to this is probably extremely obvious, but do you think this is something they should continue to do with each set? And this is just a great way to move sealed product. Absolutely. I mean... I needed a reason, right, to pick a pack. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm doing pack per win, like, I've got it all. I'm not just fishing for foils. It's, like, the lowest percent hit I can get mm-hmm. is, like, a single card in foil in a in a pack, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it was always tough. I started just getting Opus 8 packs and squirreling them away so that I could practice draft because, you know, we mm-hmm. had these sealed events. But now it's, like, give me nine, give me nine, give me nine, give me nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already have every card in the set, and I'm I'm, like, yeah, I'll take a nine. Like, immediately. Like, hook me up. I want to get these full arts, man, because I don't have those. Uh, I do not have all the full arts. I've got two, and it looks like it's going to be, like I said, tough to get the rest of them without selling it out, you know? And and now, obviously, we've seen on, like, the marketplace and some of the websites, the price of these has have started to go down mm-hmm. as more have been opened. I think they're just normalizing. Think, right, right. Do you And do you think they're going to stay at this, like, because you're seeing them from anywhere from like 15 to like 50. I do you think that's kind of where they're going to level out at depending on which one. Now, granted I'm going to throw a wrench in that. Obviously, if they, one of these are in a deck that becomes a very, you know, yeah, like exactly. a, a, a a meta deck one that's like, hey, if you're going to a competitive event, you're probably going to build this list, you're going to want to have it, but it involves a card that maybe has you know, a full art printing, do you think that card becomes, like, out-of-bounds expensive? Yeah, probably. I mean, so they were smart about most of these cards are the lower rarity ones. Um, mm-hmm. There's only two legends, and mm-hmm. there's only one summon. Oh, no, there's three. There's three, oh, there's three legends? Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, Wall. Yeah, Gabranth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maya, and Luso. Maya and Oh, and Luso. Is Wall a legend yeah. as well? 
Chaos uh, yes, yes, yes. So okay, I, so it's I lied. Chaos there's just like a billion legends, actually. Just screw me. But I meant, I meant, <laughs> there's only like a few. Of, well, then I was gonna shoot myself in the foot again. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, well, like few that are playable. Not really. But uh, to me, the top value cards, the top three of the full arts, are probably gonna be um, Mega Branth and Chocobo. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, first of all, Chocobo was already gonna be in the top three, and then this deck yep. happened, and now I think oh, those yeah. Chocobos are just hot commod. I'm sure. Um, and then Gabranth, oh, very, very playable. is going to be a big deal. A lot of people like that card. That's going to be a good one. And um, Maya, see, right now, a deck that I'm really hyped on, like, that I'm really enjoying. It's a lot of fun. I would want the Maya mm-hmm. and the Herdy. And, like, God, that, that, that would suck to have to buy three of each of those to bling out my deck. That'd be the most money I'd ever spent on singles in this game. So it's like, mm-hmm. it gives me a reason to kind of chase the packs. And that's so good for the stores. And that kind of incentivizes, yeah. like, they're going to move product now people are going to be a lot happier to you know give price support hold final fantasy events it's great it's just a it's smart really smart yeah, it's definitely an absolute win across the board and i'm glad they're doing stuff like this and, and what's really great and this is what makes me happy and we talked about this back when they were first announced the fact that they're not like i can't only get a full art luso i can still pull a regular luso in the pack or whatever or a gabranth or these cards that i still want to play the full art is literally just extra aesthetics right yeah and but it's the fact that i still know that i can i i don't need them to play a deck where other games have these ultra rares and secret rares that are that become like defining to the decks that they're in so like I, I'm glad that that's the angle they're taking as opposed to what other games do typically. Yeah, it was smart, and, and none of them are like these like blind straight up three of staples either. Like they're exactly. all kind of like in their decks, right? And I mm-hmm. think that was smart too. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's really really smart. And uh, and it's it's really good that you now people are getting their hands on this stuff because there, there's an event coming up in a couple of weeks that people are probably going to want to have you know their decks foiled out. They're going to want to have them full arted out because the first real big Opus Nine event here in North America it takes place in two weeks and that's Gen Con. Mm-hmm. John, are you going to Gen Con? I will not be at Gen Con. Oh, well, this has been the next episode of the Returners Podcast, guys. <laughs> good night. I, hey, you know what? I'd like to have gone. Um, but we got any kind of details, like, and I'm talking like basic details, so late that it was it was just um, it was basically like the travel equivalent of gambling, and I wasn't really. No, that's fair. I wasn't really well, down with that gambling. investment. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we put our eggs into the Arizona basket instead. So I'll be going to the Arizona sure. Crystal Cup. Um, it's also there's yeah, like no Nats invites. There's just only two Worlds invites. It's one's oh, at yeah. a sealed event. Like I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be a good time. Indianapolis is great. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have FOMO the whole weekend. You know, I'll be at home like very upset. I'm not hanging out with everybody, but um, yeah, I'm not like mm-hmm. super upset. I'm not going. But absolutely, and I, I do believe both events have sold out. The limited yeah. and the mate constructed event. I think they've all sold out. And really I know there low caps. are. Yeah, yeah, I think there were what seventy something. I think like seventy five, seventy four was like seventy one. Either seventy one or seventy eight. I don't remember. It's 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 an odd number. I know that. Um, when I say odd, I mean like it's a weird number to have a cap at. It's in the seventies. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I want to say I it was seventy four. I think it's thirty six times two. Th- right? yeah. That that actually sounds about right. Yeah. But I do know there's a bunch of other like small side events that are going on throughout the weekend. I know there's like a title tournament. There's some. Um, 
like a warm-up tournament, I think, on either on Thursday, because the the main event is on Friday. The, the the constructed is on Friday, and the sealed is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm only playing in the constructed because that gives me all day Saturday to literally just peruse the booths at Gen Con. Because I'm actually going there not just for Final Fantasy, but because I love all things tabletop games. So, and I I already have a, a list of things I want to pick up from there. So, uh, yeah. But you know, I'll deal with that once the event's over because that's really my main focus. That's I have been just thinking about the. I've got my list narrowed down that I want to play. Like this week is just literally going to be test, 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 and test. And that's going to you know like really honestly, John. Unless you have anything to add, the news was pretty light this week. Um, not a whole lot going on with Opus uh, Opus Nine release. People are just kind of in the labs, man. They've got their coats on. They're mixing up that blossom bubbles and buttercup, baby. They're just they're just in there trying to put together the next big thing. Yeah, I mean that's where I am. I'm I'm locked in. Like mm-hmm. they're they're like sending me food in through a little slot in the door, and I'm just like refusing just to come pro- out for anything. Just smashing the bag of potato chips and sliding <laughs> it under the door. Like, Hold my mail. Sustenance enough. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. So, you know and. The, re- the reason we're kind of diving into the main topic so soon, well, A, the news is light, like I just said, but B, there's a lot to cover here. Like, Opus 9 has been a very pleasant surprise so far. Um, I know I was pretty vocal when we were seeing the spoilers that I was like, eh, this set doesn't seem that great. We're just going to start seeing more of the same. Just da da da, just really droning on how, like, none of these cards seemed really impactful. And to be fair, the first half of the spoilers we saw weren't great other than maybe like one or two cards. And we were really trying to be like, oh, hey, this is fun. But then we saw everything. And then we started like putting stuff together. And it's become a very different experience. John, what is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, like uh, there wasn't a whole lot of hype in general. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's like they had the glass box with the yellow and black tape around it, and they flipped the glass lid up, and they just punched the pour em button, and everybody was like, holy shit, oh my god, and then they were like, launch the mist dragon, and two people turned their keys at the same time, and, and like all of the Ultros legend art came out, and everybody was just losing their minds, and, and so honestly, uh, Opus 9 has been exciting, very exciting, uh, I have been having a lot of fun brewing up a lot of decks and a lot of them aren't more of the same which is nice dude i have two and you know and this past wednesday we actually had our first you know since you know they were real good you know big shout out to wayne getting uh getting octagon up and running oh lickety split dude with with the quickness like just working in the shadows like darkwing duck style just getting this thing up and going (laughs) and this past Wednesday, we had our first Opus 9 event. And people were running some things like like Hunter was running just Opus 9 dot deck. It was like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw this in here. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to see. Just just a pile. The average cost then, of like, his deck was like five or six. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then like you had some people like testing a card here. You had some people still running Opus 8 just for like the LQs and stuff that were happening. But... The first deck we saw that really like showcased the upgrades from Opus Nine was actually uh you know Chocobo Joe, 
bringing his namesake to the to the digital table, as it were. Dude, that John, game... John, let's dude, that... let's talk about this. Let's let's let's, let's pack. Let's, let's sit at our desks, open up the files, grab our magnifying glass. Let's talk about this deck first. All right, dude, that deck came with a tall glass of I was wrong. Uh, big wow. Time. We're sitting there like in the in the set review like. How does this replace the other Fash Hogobo? I just don't understand how they can give up that power. How will they ever win combat? Uh, meanwhile, the little baby Picto, whatever, Theater Rhythm Chocobo that's like 3k is party attacking with two other ones that are all 9,000 plus power. And there is no power problem. It turns out that the new standard unit 4-drop Chocobo and the 4-drop Fat Chocobo backup have unlocked the Chocobo deck. And it's not just because you play a backup for, like, plus two CP sometimes. It's because, like, Chocobo Knight, that little standard unit guy who puts the Chocobos in, uh, mm -hmm. has never had a four-cost target. Now he has a four-cost mm -hmm. backup and forward target. And mm -hmm. the four-cost standard unit Chocobo is just, like, anything that puts in free Chocobos, that guy is, like, the most value you can put on the field for free. And it's just mm -hmm. crazy that now it has all these pieces. And yeah, we watched him steamroll people. And not just people playing Jank. People playing like mm -hmm. a six cards different mono water. Muhammad just gets ignited by this field of birds. Well, well because what happens is, you know, you get that turn one Azana, you grab the new fat Chocobo, and you literally just reload. You, you go yeah. from like what two cards in hand no, actually, because you yeah, have one for Azana, one Azana, two Chocobo. You literally like dump your hand, except for like one card, and then you draw four. Yeah, it's not because even like that, on average that... three. It's like on average four. There's thirty something yeah. forwards in that deck, and I think it's thirty five. Yeah, think it's an actual, and... actual thirty five forwards, and like twenty eight of them are Chocobos or something like that. Yeah, it's just yeah, like so... every single Chocobo times three. Yeah, and I know this was originally a Japanese list that popped up, right? Like, um, it, but it was different. The one Joe was running actually took advantage of other standard units like uh, White Mage, and it was mm -hmm. running the old Shimaze. His um, favorite summon, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And that, that's all it ran. Uh, just ran, you know, like 30, I think it was 34, 35 forwards, those three summons, yeah. and then just whatever backups. Like, like Neon. <laughs> so you can play the Neon. Fat Chocobo again and draw a card. Yeah, dude, just absolutely sick. And that and and like you said, between the and I was wrong about both of those. Now, to be fair, on the new fat chocobo, we said that card was good. To be fair, mm -hmm. we said that card was good, but we couldn't see it replacing the other chocobo. But we were all wrong. We were like, hey, this four drop this four drop chocobo, it's not gonna see play. Where does it go? Doesn't go in the chocobo deck I'm playing. <laughs> it burp, goes burp, burp, burp. smack dab in the middle of the chocobo deck. <laughs> oh man. Fucking new team. How, there is a new sheriff in town. How wrong was I? I sleeved the Chocobo deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 100. Like, the the oh, next day. Yeah. Like, oh, man. It is fun, too. It is. Uh, people are like, what? And when you oh, walk yeah. them through the, the Chocobo triggers. Because mm -hmm. what I missed on that card. Okay, so you know how there's always, like, there's like the three levels of understanding a card. There's, like, you mm -hmm. read it. Then there's you get it. And then there's, you actually get it. <laughs> so you, yeah. <laughs> we read it and we were like, eh, okay, this gives the party a thousand power. Then we understood it, we thought, and we're like, oh, wait, each Chocobo gives the party a thousand power. And then we really got it, we're like, wait, this stacks. 
Oh yeah, and there's so there's if you've three got of these two guys of these out. The each one of these guys is getting. Oh yeah, it just becomes like, like an 6, insane six thousand power problem. each when they attack. Yeah, like oh okay, yeah. So it is definitely a real deck, and and people are hyped about it. Uh, all the Chocobo mm-hmm. fans are coming out and rebuilding Chocobos. Everybody's always been telling them not to play, and uh, mm-hmm. it is. It's I think it's good. I love that Chocobos is good. Absolutely, and and that kind of is going to take us into you know what archetypes and what because we've seen like we've seen some lists right we've seen what people are playing we're brewing up stuff um i know i think so far some what i've seen so far i think chocobos are a big winner uh moogle decks um because i know you know adam's been playing one he's been testing this really fun moogle deck where the like that deck now with those two with the dual color moogles has become extremely consistent He's just looking to find a, uh, like a finisher in the deck, right? Right. Because you know it lost you lost Dotaluma and you lost kind of that. I'm gonna ping that guy for 30k. I'm gonna do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you lost exactly. Lost a lot of those just big board white potentials. The infinite the investment used to have for CP. Yeah, it was just this infinite exactly. investment. So you're like, oh, what am I gonna do with all this billion of CP? I'm activating all of these moogles. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, but even just consistency in other decks, we watched second place was mm-hmm. Sam Tool playing Mono Ice with the backup that gives him wind. And yeah. three Diabolos, three is Matt, three is <laughs> Yeah, I think three is the Danes in there as well, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. It's just, so, it's just like, no other wind backups, just, you know, playing the yeah. staples. Yeah, just having the ability to just tap that and really do whatever else you want with that. It, it's good. Like, it's just really, really good. Um, and I, I think those open up a lot of things that, you know, and we made the joke, what, during the, during the set review about mono earth Astinian, the fact that these backups make that like, I have it sleeved. <laughs> it's, it's real. Yeah. It's not people, a joke. And people have been playing it. That's the crazy thing, man. Like people have been playing it and they're like, wow, this actually kind of works. I mean, you play it's, Ravis, it's a you play Sid deck, Garland. So you do the yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And the, the the only problem it has is it's fair, right? It's a fair deck. It's an earth deck. So, Very fair. Right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean but the thing is it works, right? Like the fact that you can do that if that's what you want to play. Um the the other big winner that we've seen has been, you know, Wind Water. Wind Water has gotten a massive facelift. Um yeah. you're seeing lists that are like running they're running Linas and Porums and Yizmats and Magic Sisters. The Magic dude. Sisters, dude. I love that card. I think that card yeah. is about to just... It's going to be nutty what people can do with that card. Dude, the fact that you can like put a Porum in the yard, you can put something in the yard because you want it to be there because you're going to try to get some value out of it later or you just have ways to get it back and you'd rather have it there than in your deck and dude, risk it going like, over to damage. It's like Kuja, the, the fire yeah. dude who revives from the break zone. Undead Princess... Yeah. More copies mm-hmm. of Ultros, Prish, Gilgamesh, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> any summon that you want for the Eldus or something like that, or more summons for Ico and Yuna. Just like this card, yeah. there's a lot of synergies, a lot of synergies, and it's an EX burst, Dude, it, and it synergizes with. And itself. you know what card? You know what card you're seeing in some of these Wind Water lists coming up from like beyond the grave? We're seeing copies of King Tycoon, my friend. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So I bought I bought foil king tycoons when we had a new Bart's legend, 
and a new uh like the Ferris or the Creel mm-hmm. and everything we're getting. I think only Bart's and Creel were spoiled, right? In was yeah. it six or seven? Opus seven. Mm-hmm. So oh, with the Warrior of Light, yeah, variation? dude. I yeah. was like, oh my god, Lena, whatever the new Lena is, and Ferris are gonna be insane. And then I got the King Tycoon foils, and then mm-hmm. there was no it Lena. Didn't happen. <laughs> they, they didn't print Lena, and they made Ferris water. So mm-hmm. uh, it was. Uh, I was all ready for something that didn't happen, but now, oh, I, now, now, now the, the time <laughs> has come because you need foil forum, king tycoons. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> there you go. I, I may have to take you up on that because that one, and you're seeing some lists run one uh, Lenora. Because Porum is the the like I. I I don't want to say that it's the Veritas of the set. It's not. 100% it's not. But it's no, Porum it's is very the different. name that's on everybody's tongue. Because like you said, it where it's a very different card. It goes in very different things. But what this little, you know, unassuming 2CP 2K does is it turns your three Famfrits into six. Lena turns those Porums, which turns those Famfrits into nine. So like, you, you, you know what's harder to play around than three Famfrits? Nine. Fucking more than three of them. <laughs> any number of more, any number that is greater than three. So, <laughs> like, the fact that, that these decks can now do that, and then you can recycle your Diaboluses, and the fact that you Valifor. have these... Well, Valifor, and the fact that this deck is, like, you know, these Wind Water decks now are so bursted out that, you know, Mono Ice runs this really huge top curve, right? They swing. up. Oh, here's a Yasmat off the top. Oh, no. Kill your Sephiroth, kill your orphan, kill your whatever. Blah blah. And then, and then you know you're running three copies of Yismat, and you slam that guy on the table. Can what what can Mono Ice do to kill that guy? Pray. Exactly. <laughs> your silence and oh, I'll dull and freeze him. No, you Mateus. won't. Mateus. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So. Like like when when water's in a really good place and it's not just really the bodies, it's the fact that now you're getting so many Riku activations. Like you're getting like there's turns where you're you're milling for like five or six. Yeah, actually an absurd amount of Riku activation. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal. So that's another one that's on the radar. Um again, you know, People are talking, you know, Mono Ice is another one where you're you're hearing about other builds, right? You're hearing about more of the one that still runs the six package. Uh, you're seeing people experiment with Ghost, which I actually really enjoy as a card. Yeah. I think Ghost is a super, super flavorful, flavorful card. And it's great. And it's really neat, right? He just, he just creates these really great tempo plays where you're like, all right, I'm going to play this guy. Oh, and just for two more, I'm going to throw another body on the board. Because guess what? If you don't have any forwards on the board, that 3K hits just as hard as the 8K next to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's a nice character for things like Laswell, Orphan. Like, hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. turns out relevant that we can just flood yeah. these ice bodies. Absolutely, and the fact that it's just it's just a, a recurrable threat because you're running, you're playing decks with these cards in it. So I think, you know, when we're talking about archetypes here, I think Fire Ice got some really huge boost. Not only did they get a huge boost with Ghost, they got a huge boost with the shadow backup. And I also, I'm a firm believer that you're running one, maybe two copies of Emperor Gestalt in these decks. Now, you don't need a dark forward because, you you know, like Star Sybil and Moogle Brothers, you can just break Emperor Gestalt for nothing. Yeah. And to me, that's huge. 
the the rate and i'm gonna gush over emperor gestal here for a second because hmm. i think that card is really really good i think not because it, it, the fact that it's category six is really what puts it over the top because a it's it's just a five cp break a dude which something you know that's something fire ice has a lot of trouble with yeah you know they can't if Aerith is on the board hey guess what laswell he's off the table genesis can doll and freeze yeah you can doll and freeze all day long but what happens in like you know, when they start putting big bodies out that you just don't have the ping to get over or you have to start party attacking to get over and then you're just kind of losing your efficiency. You have, Now you have a backup that's searchable with, with you know, forward setzer because I think Fire Ice moves back to forward setzer, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. of the addition of Shadow and Emperor Gestal. Yeah, oh, now he can so, search for two more backups. Correct. And one of them is just break a guy. Literally yeah. break a guy, and he counts towards all of your other guys. So you can play Gestal, and now you can play Locke. Oh, okay, hey, guess what? You've got him and Banana Sid, or him and Edgar. Hey, guess what? Now you're online. Uh, yep. You've got two. You got Celis and those two backups. Oh, hey, guess what? Celis is online. You know what I mean? Like the the, the more six synergies you can have that don't like, because the, these cards don't clog you up either, right? Like the fact that you can just play this five CP backup, break a guy. And he just synergizes now with the rest of the deck, and you've lost nothing by playing it. Yeah. Uh, I love it. It's a really good card. It's a great engine. I'm biased. I don't care. It's really a lot of fun. And it's just so efficient. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, it's Fire Ice is something you're going to see a lot of still. Um, obviously, Mono Water, you know, we, we've already talked about Porum. Porum's, Porum is definitely in. Um, you know, Muhammad was running, he was testing out the, the big, uh, the old, the old Chicago deep dish fan for it, yeah. um, which was working pretty okay. Just can't clear enough chocobos off the board, man. I think he, he fanfreded like eight plus birds and yeah. he just couldn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's rough. And, uh, I know I, I kind of skipped over mono ice again. I want to get back to that one. Um, because I think mono water outside of a couple cards doesn't really change much. I mean, I think Porum is really the big addition to those decks. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I think that there's maybe some experimental new mono waters out there that are just literally Mm -hmm. a entirely different type of mono water. But um, the the known that we're used to, just the efficient, you know, three of all these guys flood the board, do the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just slap the porums in there and just uh, just recycle even more cards, you know, to the yeah. point where even the Mist Dragons, um, they mm-hmm. they definitely slow them down, but it doesn't stop it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think people who think Mono Water is dead because of Mist Dragon, are go- they're going to be sorely disappointed. I think like, those are people who not. don't play Mono Water. <laughs> exactly. They've never played Mono exactly. Water. You, you don't, yeah, it's not, it's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. And again, now to backtrack to Mono Ice, you know, you're still going to see that efficient six package in there. But I've also, you know, heard rumblings of a deck that's primarily focused around Garland, Scale Toad, and the New Vein. Uh, apparently, this is very, very real, and it's just such heavy resource denial that you can't. You just can't save your board. Yeah, like, there's just uh, nothing you can do. It's just like how you know it's uh we got the mr anderson scene but how can you pay for mm-hmm. the tax when you don't have any cards exactly <laughs> exactly so I mean, you're you're, you're going to just kind of get this slow burn out of the game which is kind of nice you know because 
I mean, mono ice has always been kind of tempo-y for the most part. Like like big mid-rangey kind of tempo-y ice has always kind of played that way until they get to a point where like, oh, I'm just going to turn the corner, all of your guys are locked down, and I'm going to win. Yeah. Now this deck just takes your resources from the jump, and then they play this guy, and it's like, oh, you can't pay for this? Oh, well, that guy just dies. Oh, that guy just dies. Oh, you can save that one, or you can save two, and you've got three forwards on the board. Oh, who do you lose? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it creates this really, really neat, just a, a different avenue for ice. I think I think taxes are very real now. And I, but the thing is, I don't think you go all in on like you're not going all in on the taxes. You're not playing. You don't like, touch the TA two uh, guys. Sid Randall and Remedy and stuff like that. You're really just building this efficient hand disruption ice deck behind Garland, Scale Toad, Sephiroth, and Vane. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know and, what? It's enough. It's certainly enough. Yeah. I mean, it has been. Or you can even start seeing that stuff in, like, Earth Ice, because I think, you know, that, that was one that was very big on resource denial. And then you slap the new vein in that. Seems pretty okay to me. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, um, no, 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 please. By all means, sir. I was going to say, there's a, that's the thing is, I think it's a common theme where another style of a lot of these same elemental archetypes are coming out because we're finally getting to a point this many opuses in where we have so many cards in the pool that, yeah. you know, you can't just, you know, mono ice has to kind of split into different types of, you know, the six mm -hmm. package or, and then, you know, there's a lot of these that don't even run that anymore. They run more of these mm -hmm. tax. I guarantee the tax deck isn't playing most of the six. You know, it's just like, Oh, probably not at all. Yeah. So it's, um, that's kind of interesting. And also people have to kind of allow themselves to think of these archetypes in a different way to kind of mm -hmm. unlock that and get to play some of these new decks that are out here. Mm -hmm. Now, and like I said, a deck I've been having a lot of fun with or a card in general, I've been having a lot of fun with Ultros. Yeah. Um, he's a fun card. He's fun. He's a lot of fun. And like the, in, in like the decks I'm testing him in, he's been really, he's been overachieving. Like to the point where it's like, people are like, wow, that card is extremely annoying. Yeah. Or, oh, wow, I just didn't realize, oh, now that cleave is killing a lot of stuff on my board. Like it's, yeah, he's a five drop in a crowded space for water, which is weird that we're saying that now, especially with Lena being almost an instant three of in a lot of lists, Cloud of Darkness still being a very real card. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, because when you're playing Ultros, you, you do kind of put yourself in to where you're running the full play set because just that ability to get another one is, A, it's flavorful. And B, it's it's powerful. Yeah, it's one of those things where you better remove it three times because I don't think you understand yeah. how bad it is for you if you kill it and don't kill it three times. Yeah, especially, <laughs> you know, because like I said, I've been playing it in a Fasolia list and it's fine. Like, it's been doing very fine because you're just like, cool, here's a cleave for, oh, well, I got one in the yard, 3,000, uh, three, you know, 3K across the board. Now I can Fasolia whatever I want. Yeah. And if I have ephemeral and put a Famford on top, I'm literally like my my, my combo kills become so much better. Um, yeah, because you're like I no, kill your yeah. little guy with the Ultras attack, who is your sacrificial lamb. Like your Porum, your Viking, yeah. your Layla, they don't survive this cleave. They <laughs> yeah, they, they die right on the spot, and then you kill that, and then you kill something with the damage off top. It just and then it's like okay, that's fine. If you kill it during the swing, I still get the cleave, and I still get. 
the attack. You know, I still get the the Fasoyan. I still get to do the tricks. Mm-hmm. But then I get to just go into my deck and get another one if you kill it. Yeah. And it's and like, uh, fine with that. even in the mono water, I've been playing in just a regular mono water. Dude, it's like, mm-hmm. I can just play a CAG and, you know, I attack with the Ultros and kill a whole bunch of guys or kill the big yeah. target. It makes Nickel so much better by himself because oh, you put Nickel yeah. down, it's minus five, minus five. And now Ultros attacks for even like his basic, like I would say 3K is probably the most, you know, the mm-hmm. average that I have him at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's 8,000 to two guys. It, it it's yeah. really, really potent. It kind of helps a lot of the water cards. Like how we see some of these um, ice decks playing these backups that just deal 2,000, 3,000 damage mm-hmm. to a dull guy. It helps the removal get there. It makes Kukulain a kill spell sometimes. It, you know, it puts yeah. the Leviathans, the power reduction Leviathans, into kill range most of the time. Um, I've been having a well, lot of fun with Ultros. Definitely. Well, and the efficient. most fun I had is like in some of the early test games I was playing is I'd, I'd, play, I'd play my one backup. I'd play Fasoya turn two or ne- or my three CP backup. Then on the next turn, I'd play Ultras. And then my opponent would play, my opponent would play Veritas. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll just go get another one. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, that's not a good Veritas for you. Yeah. In fact, thank because, you. Because, yeah, yeah. Now, now you've made my cleave better. <laughs> I powered and up. Now on the turn, <laughs> and then on the next turn, I would attack. I'd play a, I'd play like a brawn or a backup that I don't really care about and get my card. Swing with Ultros, cleave the Veritas, kill it, break that, play another Brawn. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just made it made. I don't know. Like just being able to just keep cycling this forward, and also it's fine. Like with like Famfrit, you're like, yeah, that's fine. I'll get another one. It just a, it, you know, you're filtering the cards out of your deck. You're making your cards in your deck better. He's 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 been an overachiever, and that's that's what's been getting me because I think. I know I thought the card was pretty average, and I still think the card is only, only you know okay at best. But like when you put him in the when you put this when you when you surround him with these other pieces, you're like, wow, this card's way better than I thought it was. Yeah, turns out um, a recurrable nine k or ten k, whatever you know, with all walk it down mm-hmm. is really strong. I'll pay two and, for that, and that's. Oh, absolutely, and I think that's just kind of the tale of Opus 9, that when people are playing with these cards, you're like, wow, that's way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so now, as far as, you know, we've kind of talked about what we've been messing around with or, like, what we've kind of seen early, just, like, early snapshot of Opus 9. Um, I Now, as far as predictions, you know, let, let's kind of, we like to do this every time a set comes out. John, what... I guess I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question, and I want your hot take on it. The The big new archetype in this set clearly is Type-0 Cadets. It's going to be, like, this is like the Final Fantasy IX of this set, if that makes sense, compared mm-hmm. to Opus Eight. Do you think that deck is real? Now, we've talked about it. I know there's a lot of people trying it, and they're, they're you know, I, I've heard people trying to keep it close to the chest. We know what the deck's about. It's about getting really stupidly, absurdly big and just having efficient, um, what am I trying to say, like efficient summons because you get access to all these really powerful type zero summons if you're committed to that archetype. So do you think that deck becomes a player in Opus 9? Um, so I was at Locals on Saturday and Nick Schnell and Tracy Cordy actually came up to our store 
um, because they had some business in the area. So since they were up, they figured they'd hit our locals. So uh, Nick and I had been talking about like what we had sleeved up. And as soon as we were done with the event, Nick comes over to me and goes, hey, do you want to play Type-0? <laughs> you want to play Cadets Mirror? And so we sit down. And we both take out our windfire cadets because he knows he knows I have it. I know he has it. Um, we sit down and we jam a couple of games against each other. And uh, while while we're doing it, we're we're kind of realizing that like uh, we're mostly just having fun. So I mean, I think the deck is it's every single time I build like wind and fire together, it feels like man, all these cards synergize so well together. And then I just like don't have enough going on or enough cards in my hand i don't know it just doesn't there's something that that something is missing for me and maybe that's the wrong list maybe i've built it wrong i know these guys are uh, really working on it back to the drawing board ace is a very real card deuce does a lot for one cp seven yeah. has always been a powerful card and now we have all these great reasons to play it um that new rem forward is pretty damn serious it's just tough that all the rems are pretty good for cadets and you can only play one mm-hmm. um yeah i think that that's People are definitely experimenting with it. It's not, you know, it's not trash. Um, I think that somebody has to find the right list before it's a serious contender, though. Absolutely. So do you think it's going to maybe fall to the the level? Because uh, obviously the Final Fantasy Nine deck was and still actually is a very real deck. Hmm. I, it, it can just do so much, again, because you have a super efficient 1 CP forward. And I think that's the catalyst for that deck being real. You have a super efficient one CP forward. Now, the only difference is, you know, Deuce just makes your guys really big, whereas VV just obliterated somebody off the board. Yeah, that um, is the one thing is, like, um, it's just, uh, especially in the mirror, it was a whole bunch mm-hmm. of, like, all right, I got a bunch of combat going on. <laughs> all of our guys are out. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a lot of, um, at least, like, it's weird because, think there should be a ton of spot removal with wind and fire like diabolos and phoenix but they're so expensive and they're kind of situational and it's like as far as efficient the removal none of your forwards are really doing any of that when they get played except ace who like swings and deals damage everything else Mm -hmm. is kind of just like a sticky you want them all out on the board together type deal Mm -hmm. um absolutely and that is kind of like the nine deck, right? So I think that it will be like that. I think it'll be one that everybody knows is a thing. We don't see a ton of right out of the gate. Somebody mm-hmm. figures out a list that works, and then we're like, hey, there's that thing that we knew was going to happen. I, I think it's now, kind of in that area. So what card, because again, compare it to the nine deck, and then I'm going to compare it to what I think it's going to end up being more like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the nine deck, and this, you know, not that water fire was a new archetype, just this nine tribal deck has proven to be very powerful because you have this this payoff card in vv like exactly VV is the reason that this deck works because you just have just almost infinite amounts of removal does what does cadets have for that payoff like what is the payoff to playing these just big bodies that kind of don't really do anything i mean so you get the payoff where most of your cards synergize, right? And yeah. so it's like, usually things end up being cheap or efficient, as in bigger than what they cost, things like that. Right. Um, but that's exactly where the 9 deck was before VV, right? And it was like, mm-hmm. kind of good enough. But VV was that card that's like, here's your reward. Yes. And we're using it to punish your opponent. And mm-hmm. in Type 0 Cadets, you have to like, just use the efficiency that you're getting from all the Cadets 
to play mm -hmm. cards like Phoenix and Divos and stuff as your reward. And that's not quite enough mm -hmm. usually because that's what everybody else can do in their decks that have bigger payoffs. And so Ace sticking on the board and attacking is the best reward you get right now as far as mm -hmm. um, you know an actual like removal, a payoff for playing all the Type 0 cadets. And it's mm -hmm. really predictable and it's really counterable. So well, uh, I think that, again, like we said, we have to find... Somebody will find the right balance list. Somebody will find the payoff cards. Because mm -hmm. right now, I think it's more akin to the Rebels list, the, the Final Fantasy II that popped up at Gen Con last year. Yeah. Though I think that deck had a lot more going for it because they had this powerful backup engine from Sid 2. Whereas Cadets is missing some sort of just some sort of value engine, if that makes sense. Like you just have bodies that you play. And, and again, I think Ace right now is probably the best card in that deck. Yeah, for because sure. Because he essentially he's essentially a one CP eight K, right? Hopefully, yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah, but I um so one deck that I was playing this weekend, mm -hmm. I went X one in my locals mm -hmm. with. Um, I lost to Nick's playing. Nick comes up, plays mono water at me. That's fine. Mills the shit out of me. No, it's okay. We had a really close game, and um, honestly, I had my backups down that are kind of like my payoffs for for like a kill, and I just didn't have the targets I needed for them in the break zone. Um, but I've been playing Ice Lightning Final Fantasy Eight, and oh man, that Renoa wow. is so good. <laughs> wow. That Renoa is so dumb. Renoa turns these three cost forwards that search for cards for me into like, uh, yeah, I'll pay three, dull a guy, get squall, pay one, play squall, dull a guy, freeze a guy, dull a guy, <laughs> you know. And it's just yeah. like, like uh, the new Maya card, just being able to like, okay, I play her. She doesn't have haste, but as I go into combat, dull that guy. Um, yeah, the deck just has a lot of synergy and it's low to the ground and it's fast and it mm -hmm. was so much fun to play and i think mm -hmm. that a little you know a lot of tweaking to the backup line but the forwards are pretty rock solid and it was just a hell of a fun deck um yeah I think it's that that's so funny I'm, I'm, and i'm glad you said that because again we're looking at another like synergy like nine like rebels or like final fantasy 2 and again, like I think Type Zero is lacking. Renoa is a pretty unassuming two drop that has a lot of text on it. This card has a lot of text for it being just what a common or a rare. Uh, yeah, she's a rare. And, and when you start playing these squalls and these lagunas, and even even if you were to get or these ciphers and these ideas, all of a sudden you're like, holy shit! Not only do these cards you know, do what they're doing when they come into play that they don't do. Are they doing their own text? Renoa gets to do something yeah. and she's a two drop. So that's fine. Killer. I'll play another one or yeah. I'll play or I'll use scholar and get it right back. You know what I mean? Like, dude, because it's so small, there's so many ways to recycle this thing. That's why me personally, I, 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 I like the idea of playing like fire ice final fantasy eight. Yeah. Because you get Zell, you get Kiros. Delphi um, searches for the new Squall, and yep. Zell, Zell and gets a really relevant enter when Renoa gives him yep. a thousand power and first strike, because now Zell kills mm -hmm. the guy that he does damage to if they block. It's really nice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think that so, uh, Renoa is that payoff card, like you're saying, that we're, that we're missing. Yeah. 
And honestly, that and, deck and I th- made a, that Ice Ultimisha card, that starter card. Mm-hmm. I won more games with that card than I ever thought possible playing in that deck. Oh, dude, that card's dumb with Renoa. Yeah, you, she it's comes dull. into the field, she's like, oh yeah, dull that guy, by the way, freeze all your backups, and, and uh, or freeze all your forwards, and dull the extra guy when I come in. Freeze one forward, freeze mm-hmm. all your backups. Like, that's pretty gross. Right, how often do you only have yeah. one or two guys and five backups? Just like, oh, freeze that forward, freeze all your backups. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, So I, I think that's a deck that could actually end up being very, very real, and I think there's a lot of ways to play it, because obviously you do have payoff cards in Lightning, and you also have payoff cards in fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you. I think Ice Lightning will probably be the way to go because then you have non, you know, you have Lua's and you have other Lightning cards that you have. I think, I think you get access to better summons in Lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also too, I think what happens is if you're playing Fire Ice, you're probably just realizing that six is probably the better way to go. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think you'd be upset if you were playing Fire Ice Eight. Yeah, no, I think there's, again, there's a lot of the synergies there, but I think a lot of the things, like, while the fire cards and the ice cards trigger each other a lot, I think that the end game, or, like, the path to victory that the ice cards are trying to take synergizes a lot better Mm -hmm. with the lightning cards. Mm -hmm. Because haste and and dull goes really well with dull and freeze. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely, because here's something else you could do to get really, really cute in ice lightning eight. You play the Moogle that lets you tap for a wind, and you run the goon package. You run the disciplinary committee because then you can play that. You can play a Fujin or a, yeah, a Fujin off of that. Oh, there's three Rajin in Siphon. this deck. <laughs> Do what? There's there's three Rajin in this deck. <laughs> yeah, for you, sure. you you could you could play the wind ice backup yeah. and get Fujin in there as well. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you could. I don't know how optimal that is. It probably isn't. But the fact that you could do that. Hey, I'll try it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it could like, be worth, know. and it's a it, at the very worst, it's a burst that gets you a cipher that triggers off of Renoa. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing um, like that deck. The backups, Erdy and Adia, both just basically say I'm going to close out the game by breaking this guy. So it's really neat. Yeah. And that backup lock, ninety nine percent of the time, I just go backup, just ramp, ramp, ramp. Yeah. Thank you, great mm-hmm. card. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. deck. No, and, and again, that's another like Opus Nine. A lot of the cards that make this deck work. We didn't see them before the set came out. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. there's a whole deck from these like hidden cards. Um, Dude, absolutely. I think that happened a couple, and t- couple times. So, so if we're talking like predictions, right? Let, let's again, we're, we're that's what we're that's what we're still going through. What what do you think becomes like? Because you know, again, Gen Con is in two weeks. It's gonna kind of be the Wild West, but people are really gonna be looking at these Opus Nine lists. Um, and not to mention, I know there was a meta potion event this past weekend that maybe deck lists will get posted. I don't know. Like, people are going to be looking at these 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 Opus Nine events from local areas with known players and seeing what people are doing. But and watching our locals. On... Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the thing the the event we do every Wednesday. People there there are all eyes are on that for because we we get a lot of top players in North America playing in this thing, and. Do you think there's going to be a standout deck from Gen Con? Like, there's going to be, like, that one where it's like, holy shit, this is going to be, this is what's going to be good. Like, or there's going to be, like, a standout. You know, let me let me back that up, because I think there's going to be a lot of good decks. But do you think there's going to be, like, a Veritas-level card where after, like, the first big event, they're like, yep, this card needs to go in a lot of decks, or this card's a problem card? You know, 
if there was one you had to pick, what what do you think will be that card? Oh man. Um. Well, I think that we're gonna see a lot of people who have figured out a lot of stuff, like the right way mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. Um. Is what do I think is gonna be a standout card? Uh, that's such a tough question. Uh, mm-hmm. To see what people have been playing so far. Um. I'd have to say these these wind water decks that to be like Porum, I think maybe Magic Sisters. I think Magic Sisters is the kind of card where when you watch how top level players use it, it inspires you to play and use the card. And in that wind water deck, you're just putting you know like, yeah, I'll just put Viking in the break zone, make sure I turn this on right away. You know, things mm-hmm. like that are just um make that deck even more consistent, even more bursts. Mm-hmm. Um I think that Maybe Magic Sisters is a card that people aren't aren't on as much as they will be. Uh, mm-hmm. Porum is an easy one because I think people are on that card as much as they will be, and I think people will see that you can't just ignore it. Uh, no, absolutely. But do you think there's a sleeper? Like, do you think there's a sleeper card that you're gonna be like, "Holy shit!" One hundred percent. There is a card or a deck that somebody has has like unlocked or figured out that we don't know anything about. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's so early. Like oh, absolutely. it's so early. I don't have the time <laughs> to possibly come up, you know, no one does to come up with all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um so there's definitely something that somebody's very excited to show us and I'm very excited to see it. Oh dude, I I can't wait cuz you you know there there are like innovators, right? Or there are people that really just get really behind the math cuz I think last year the big standout, again, just using Gen Con as kind of the baseline here, I think the big standouts at Gen Con were the Rebels deck and what I've lovingly dubbed as Canadian Turbo. That's where you first started seeing the DGS package in Turbo Ice. Mm. And that was just that was just from a pure like number standpoint where like what where where it just the the deck got behind the math and it made it that much more efficient. So I expect something to be on that level of efficiency or where the math just literally checks out. And me, my prediction is I, I think I think wind water is going to be the big thing at Gen Con. But I also would not be surprised if you see just Baby Blues being the big pick because it's safe right now. Ooh, maybe I'm going to say... The Ice Dragon, dude, that's that's a card we just kind of grazed over because I I've that's heard... actually the card I'm gonna say that card I think is gonna be everywhere at Gen Con. Well, I'm glad you said that because I I think that card is excellent. I think that card is everything it wants to be, but I I hear some people that think it's a trap, where they think it's just not that good. But I think it really depends on the type of ice build you're playing, because I don't think it goes in every ice build. I think that using the second ability is frivolously is a trap. But at the same time, yes. I think that that is also true of Mion. I think a lot of people are just slamming three Mions in their deck because they heard somebody say it's good and just bounce the first thing they can to play the Mion when they get it. You know, and it's like exactly. you actually end up being really inefficient or playing Mion at really bad times. Just to play it because you know you're not fully aware of exactly where it fits in or when to play it when you first slot exactly. it in. So it's like I think that yeah, oh my god, this thing I can discard three ice cards to break a guy. Like holy shit, that's inefficient. Like do that if you're winning the game. 
But the thing where you can discard a card that is dead in your hand, you have something else on the field, and it, you know, freezes characters, like backups and stuff like that, like big threats. Yeah. Um, and just the card in general, like just plusing mm -hmm. you a card. Um, big it body draw, it in draws ice. draws you a card without drawing you a card. Ice does That's not have big bodies. So whenever they get those, like Kuja and Orphan are usually terrors with mm -hmm. Duke Lark down. And yep. usually they're kind of bodies you need to hide behind. You need to be able to kind of keep that pressure on them. Because that's why Duke Larg, you know, we know how important Duke Larg is to ice decks. So I think that that mm -hmm. dragon is a, uh, it maybe it takes a bit of playing to, to figure out when mm -hmm. to pull that trigger. But I, I think mm -hmm. it's just a good card. Yeah. No, I agree. So we're we're going to end on this because I think there's still a lot of unknown and I think a lot of people like I said are still real deep in the lab. They're just they're they're 10 floors down. They've got that high level clearance. They're they're digging. They are they're really working on some wild stuff. Let's talk about, you know, studs versus duds. Hmm. Do you think what cards do you think are just going to like fizzle out or they're just they 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 have a lot of hype behind them or People think they're powerful, but they're just they're just not really gonna be anything. Um, so I have some that I think are gonna be less prevalent than people mm -hmm. thought they were. I think Mist Dragon is not gonna be as everywhere as people think. Mm -hmm. I think people are playing it are playing like two. Yep. Maybe one. And mm -hmm. and it, I think it starts to look real like when you're like, Oh man, what do I cut? I think it starts to look real juicy. <laughs> To make yeah. some space and for something I'm, I'm else. I'm glad you said that because Miss Dragon is one of the ones I think is well, and it's because, yeah, it, it's a great like counterplay, right? But how many turns are you gonna not play, or how many turns are you gonna sit back, waiting for the counterplay, waiting for it? Because I, I think Miss Dragon, I, I think it's a very fair, balanced card. Yeah, it's a good card. That you that you it's a big brain card. Like you need to know when to use it at its most crippling moment. But at that but if your opponent like your opponent's gonna think that it's there. Like they're gonna know that's the real card. And if they're smart, they're gonna know how to like really like this is fine. If they cancel the damage, this is fine. If they do this, that's fine. If they cancel like like I don't think you'll ever get the real big blowout play that you're looking for from the card at higher level at higher levels of competition. Yeah, I agree. Like, it'll be a blow-up at, like, locals against, like, less experienced players or someone who maybe just has a lapse in judgment. They're like, eh, fuck it, I've got to do this. And they're just like, uh, remove your break zone. And you're like, well, I lose. Um, <laughs> but I think when you look at the game at it being played at its highest levels, I think that card is probably, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine, but I think it's not going to be this crippling blowout card that people initially thought it was going to be. Because how many turns are you going to, because also too, you know, because you know, you know, we were talking about with Adam, and he kept saying that more times than not, you're going to find yourself probably having to overpay for this card. Because are you leaving cards off the table that you could be playing to hold up this counterplay? Yeah. You know, for a turn, maybe for two turns, maybe three. You're, you're pushing it at this point, so you're going to be paying it probably in a pinch out of hand if you have to. And that's just, and your opponent's fine with that, whatever option it is you choose. So, so I don't know. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Miss Dragon's going to be one that's going to, that's going to kind of putter out as, uh, as Opus nine goes along. 
Um, oh. and then another, just a dud. Well, because I'm on, I'm on duds. Mm-hmm. Um, not huge dud, but I think that uh, even though Kane feels real good, or, or like reads real well, good. Every time I try to play him, he just not feel as good as he he seems like he should. Uh, I think he's maybe not going to see as much play in monolating decks as people thought when they revealed it. And also, mm-hmm. uh, fire inches in general. Because <laughs> of the dead golem. I think even the people trying really hard, <laughs> trying really hard with like the new generals and stuff with these, these decks of all the real general. I mean, we had somebody go, they did pretty well. Actually, didn't we have somebody like 4 1 in the locals? So maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe the yeah. list is there. Uh, they yeah, have they to figure them. it out. Maybe the list is there, mm-hmm. and, and it just has to... But um, from what I've heard of the people who like love it, who've been trying it, they, they seem like they're, they're back to looking at other decks, which is disappointing, but, you know. I mean, it's just, that's just kind of the plight of fire, right? Like, especially in this set. I, I think, just like you said, fire in general just goes in the dud column. Now, there, so, some cards get to keep their badge and their gun, but, like, for the most part, like, the whole element of fire is just like the You're on traffic. Them into the office. That's right. Your badge, your gun on my desk. Here's white gloves and a whistle. Get That's out right. there. You're back on Nails traffic. out there <laughs> directing traffic. But, like, but like cards like Shadow get to, like, keep their spot on Homicide for a while. You yeah, know Ber- what I mean? Bergen's issuing parking tickets. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> on the little bike. Yeah. Yeah. Little, like the little golf cart he's got going around yes. the park just issuing these tickets um yeah it's, it's a little tough so who do you have for duds dude okay so as far as as far as duds um it's it's tough because miss dragon was my big one i'm um, sorry i think no that's okay you can I, take I, studs I first think... No, 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 that's fine. I, I, I like going over duds first, cards that I think that are... And when I when I say the word dud, I don't necessarily think they're bad cards. No, I don't think these really are bad cards at all. Those. Yeah. I just think that they're not going to be as impactful as people initially thought. And for me, I, I honestly think it's Gabranth. If I had to pick a legendary, I think the card's good. It reads well. It's a burst that gets you a big body. But I think there's other there's more efficient ways to do that. Um, and I think it's a card that people are going to try and like, oh, this is pretty good. But then they're going to like when when it comes time to like think when the dust starts settling and you realize you start needing different things in your deck. I think Gabranth is going to be the first thing to come out of those decks. Yeah, personally. Um, I I think honestly, um, I think a lot of the new cadets are are duds. Um, I think Ace is a good card. He's obviously locked into an archetype that does that to me just does not have a payoff yet. Or, you know, and this is this is the one I hope I'm proved wrong on because I, I, I have a soft spot for cadets. I actually really like type zero as a game. Um, but I I think that deck just doesn't have enough of a payoff, and I think they're gonna end up being duds for the most part. But yeah. and I mean we definitely talked about that. I, I kind of even though I was playing with it, I agree with to that, with that too. So, yeah. Um, and, so and honestly, as, as much as I hate to say it, and I hope I hope I'm just kind of re- doing reverse psychology. I think at the end of the day, Ultros is going to be a dud um, if he isn't already. But like, I'm just having a lot of fun with it, so I don't I don't want to admit it. But I, I think at the end of the day, like especially if you're looking, if if you're looking to take a water deck and you have it, like he's been doing fine. 
but then you get to a point where he just he gets just locked down every game or maybe the meta just shifts where he just doesn't end up being a good card. Like I I I could see that happening very easily, but I I don't want that to be true, but I could definitely see it happening. So I begrudgingly, I begrudgingly put Ultros in the dud pile. And I have never wanted to be more wrong about any other Final Fantasy card in my life because when I, like, this is the card I've been wanting since I started playing the game. Ultros is just one of my favorite characters in the game. He just provides just a nice relief from the really, really heavy-handed story that's happening around you. And, you know, I I just, I, I've always liked the character himself, so I finally got the card that I wanted. And I like to think he's better than he actually is, but he probably isn't. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, low-key hoping you'd put it in your stud column, because I want to play him more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, but. he he's teetering the line. Like, I would love, you know, in fact, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put him in the stud column, too. Also, I like yeah, he's card. just side-by-side. Side. Sometimes he's one. He, he might end up being the dud, but mm-hmm. sure. We'll, and, we'll stud Because I, I think, because I, like I said, in, every time I've played the card, it's done everything I've needed it to and more. And when they, when my opponents finally removed it, it doesn't matter because that phase of the game is over. Like the ultras phase of the game is over. It's fine. I don't, I don't need him anymore. He yeah. did exactly what I needed him to do, and then some. After the world so, of balance, he just—that's it. You don't fight yeah. him anymore. Yeah, he works he, at the Coliseum. Job. You know, he, he, Takes he, coats. he can hit the showers. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So, like, so he's definitely a stud in my column. Also, yeah. he's he's. I think he's a dud, but I also I also like to think he's a stud. How about you, John? What is your first stud? Like, what 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 card do you think is going to be either a? Obviously, I I think we'll just both say we we think Porum is definitely as advertised. We think yeah. that we know that we we don't think we know that card's a stud. Um, Renoa. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that card is really really good, and it's going to be nice to see that. There, you know, you don't have to play these other versions of Renoa that I think, because obviously I think the Blink Renoa doesn't do much for a tribal strategy. the The old dull everything legendary Renoa kind of does, but the payoff that the payoff for that card is oh, you just don't die. Whereas this card allows you to be a lot more proactive in your mm-hmm. decks. Yeah, it definitely and, overperformed like to the moon and back for me. Mm-hmm. It is like, very fun. The card's got a lot of text on it, and like it has a lot of relevant text too. And I think that's what makes the card good for um, a cheap on curve body. Like it's literally yeah, like just hey, and you know what? It's another deck where it doesn't matter how big the guy is. Really, it matters yeah. if you have a guy to swing. Yep, um, and uh, I think that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. And then, uh, so I got one here that might be, mm-hmm. it might be a bit of a, a debate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think Light Wall is an exceptional mm-hmm. card. Okay. I, I, I need, I need to hear your reasoning <clears throat> here. Cause it, it, here's the thing. I look at some of these legendaries and I, I look at this one and I'm like, what the hell's going on on this card? But I also think that we're missing something, or at least I'm missing something. Um, so John, Tell me what I'm missing. So, so I'm not saying this guy is like the Veritas or anything. You know, it's not even close. But um, there are a lot of decks where you build them, and you're kind of like, what lighter dark card do I put in here? 
And Veritas has kind of been that answer a lot of times. And Veritas has been such a thing for so long that there are people who, you know, it's not the worst thing, you know? Like, mm -hmm. Veritas, what am I going to do? Sack my Porum. Porum's everywhere. Ghost, everywhere. Renoa. Mm -hmm. How, look at all these two-cost cards, these one-cost cards, Deuce, running around. Like, everybody's got one. Um, mm -hmm. This guy costs four and is above curve. And that restriction to pay for him is... <laughs> is really not a restriction in mm -hmm. you know like a couple like multiple decks right like earth mm -hmm. wind earth water water wind fire water fire wind all these could just you know so uh i actually had him in my cadet deck and i played mm -hmm. it on the field and nick is like oh that's that's uh interesting that you would play that and i said yeah you know what i um i thought about this card a little bit i i had somebody play it against me and sealed and just the the way the board that it created, like here's this nine k, yeah, uh, you're gonna have to kind of remove it because it's this huge nine k. And if you remove it in any way other than RFGing him, he kills whatever he wants on your side of the board. <laughs> That's fair, right? And it's not he kills whatever you want. He kills whatever I want, and that's a big deal. That's a, that's a very like, um, it's a big difference between him and Veritas, mm -hmm. and he's cheaper than Veritas. He feels worse to just play on the board. I'm gonna use him until they get rid of him, and he's kind of worse for them to get rid of. Mm -hmm. There's no like he enters the field, they kill him, and they only get rid of their little guy. There's he enters mm -hmm. the field, they kill him, he kills their big guy. And I only put mm -hmm. him on the board when there's somebody who's worth killing. I just think that he does a whole lot for four. And well, that's fair. And he's just not bad. Like he's mm -hmm. he's just a super efficient forward, and he is a warrior of light, correct? He sure job. is. Yeah. So I mean, he gets you so know you can put him in those. Perks that... Yeah. Yeah. A single like kid, a single one of the kids could just. So um, Nick said mm -hmm. to me after our game, and he won the game by the way. So to be fair, mm -hmm. yeah, I had wall on the board for most yeah, of the right. game, and he literally said, "You completely changed the way I look at that card, just from like the five turns that mm -hmm. you had it on the board against me." Yeah. It just is a little, little bit better than it reads. So I think that he's not like a super stud, but I think that he's mm -hmm. a lot better than everybody thinks he is. He's, he's drinking milk and his bones are getting strong. He's like he's like the old 80s milk commercial with the kid posing in front of the mirror. Yeah. Is that wall? <laughs> well, it's like, what do I, well, I can't put him in these decks with all the other walls. It's like, yeah, sure. I mean, but you can put him in a bunch of stuff, man. Yeah. But the question is like, what other walls are you playing? Like you're playing obviously the other light wall in a Warrior of Light deck, still probably the Mono Fire one, because I think that's probably the best Warrior of Light deck you could be playing. Yeah. Um, But you're not playing him in the same decks where you're playing Earthwall. And that I'm actually, um just to kind of backtrack a second before I get into what card I think is a stud, I think with a lot of these crazy bursts that are popping up in this set, I think you might start seeing Earth decks play Wall again, because a lot of them have not been. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and, and then just like you're saying, with all these crazy bursts, I mean, people are playing three of these Yasmats saying, yeah, I'm going to burst it and mm -hmm. kill a five drop. I love that this wall is a four drop that does mm -hmm. what a five and six cost card should do. Yeah. That's no, something I, I really that. like about this card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, card's good. And now a card that I think is going to be a stud, and, you know, we were actually kind of talking about it before we started recording or even at the beginning of this, uh, the new Cecil. The new Cecil, I think, is really, really good. Um, yeah. That that 4,000 power 
that the, being able to just kind of take the damage off of something is absolutely huge, especially in a deck with Minwoo against decks that are heavy on, you know, um, damage-based removal, you know, your lightnings, your wind lightnings, your obviously fire, um, just being able to have this guy. And you were telling me about the crazy board state that Alex had with Rosa, Cognazzo, and Cecil. Yeah, man, so. uh, he had these cards down, and I had to have a 16K forward to attack into his field. Let me let me explain mm-hmm. this for the viewers at home. So Cagnazzo's on the board, Cecil's on the board, and Rosa's on the board. And their reference, I'm testing like Chocobos against this, right? So the Chocobos is a deck with no removal. It just has mm-hmm. Chocobos that turn sideways. Mm-hmm. So water has some time to build. Um, just a little bit, and if they get a good early Cag, they have time to build. So he gets an early Cag nozzle, so Cag's already on the board. Cag takes minus four, Rosa says everybody takes minus one, Cecil says I'll take four for that guy, Waka makes Cag a little bit bigger, and Minwoo says they don't take any damage at all if it's less than, you know, their power. So Cag is a 6k forward with a 9k shield. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to do 15,000 damage to threaten his CAG so that he'll mm-hmm. take a damage. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I have to tap three chocobos, even with all the buffs. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'll let that one through. Or mm-hmm. even worse, you know, if he gets to the point where he gets to put a single Viking or a single Porum on that board, it's like, I have mm-hmm. to attack with that much power or my attack does literally nothing, and he just trump blocks. Yeah. So while that does take a little bit of setting up, uh, his cover ability, which is exactly what it is, and it's such cool flavor... His cover mm-hmm. ability is really strong in those defensive water decks. Yeah, I agree. I think Cecil's really good. And uh, I guess we'll just kind of jump into Rosa as well. I think I think Rosa's a card that I, I think could have an impact. Um, I think she's a stud. I just don't know what version of water she goes into. It's definitely a slower, more defensive water deck. She screws up your math, um, man. That's, she does. That's, she and any card that fucks up your math is huge. Dude, I was doing board-wide things to him, and I was like, damn, Rose's ability just prevented 7,000 total damage. Because <laughs> yeah. I tried to hit seven of his forwards with a Valfour. I was just like, mm-hmm. what the hell, man, you know? She, she makes two mm-hmm. Valfours do 4K. Yeah. Now, that don't feel good. <laughs> that don't feel good at all, sir. Now, that, that don't is... feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We may have found the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's either now that don't feel good or you're badging your gun on my desk. It's one or the other. <laughs> Off my desk in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Dude, it's great. uh, it's yeah. Some of these cards again, and and these maybe don't go in those traditional yeah style decks, but yeah. they're not bad cards at all mm-hmm. by any means. Yeah, and and like I I don't know, man. Like I I think this set really offered up a lot more than than what was initially shown. Um, I, I think, again, I think there's going to be some surprise cards. I think there have been some super pleasant surprises. I think there's some that are being 100% overvalued. Um, and I think there's some that are just spot on and who knows? I I think, I I don't think it's humanly possible at all, but what if Porum ends up being a dud? And this is a hard, 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 hard what if so i think that anytime something's popular it's popular to say it's bad right i think that a lot of people are 
trying really hard to be right first and jump on mm -hmm. the this card's not good train. Mm -hmm. Those people aren't right. <laughs> yes. This card is too efficient for what it does. Dumb. I think Extremely. that putting three of this card blindly in everything that can play blue is just mm -hmm. dumb because that's dumb to do with literally anything. Well, and, and also, too, do you think just running three Porms alone is worth running the playset of Lena? Um, I don't think you have to run Lena's every time you run Porum either. But mm -hmm. I think that in a lot of decks that play Porum, Knight is still mm -hmm. a payoff card. Sure. Well, and also, too, in, like, Firewater, the nine deck, again, going back to that, I think that just slots in Porum, and you don't need Lena either. I mean, yeah, like, there's something to be said for... Waters are uh, this is exactly what I said last week. But water is a deck that wants bodies on the field, has a lot of synergies with bodies on the field, and mm -hmm. it also wants to use all of its summons because water has mm -hmm. so many good summons that they just can't fit. They, why can't I hold all of these limes? They just can't mm -hmm. hold all the good summons. <laughs> they can only play three or four. So it's like, uh, Porum is just like you know, what if you could just pick between the one that you get to play next? Yeah. That sounds great. Absolutely. It's not even <laughs> four Famfrit, four Valfor. Like, it's not so so narrow. It's, hey, you have three good summons in your deck. Which one do you need? Oh, dude. Like, like there's been times where, um, like, I know when Adam was testing the Moogle deck and I was playing Fasoya and he'd, he'd, he'd stick the uh, the Astinia and it's like, oh, wow, if I let this thing through, then I, then I just lose. And it's like, oh, I can just block with Porum, get back the Leviathan and just bounce it back to his hand. Yeah. I mean, I got back Kuka Lane cool. a couple times, and it puts you in this Dude, really yeah. weird position where you're just like, I know he has a power loss combat trick in his hand that gets him oh, a yeah. card. Well, what mm -hmm. is the best time for me to make him do this? Because it feels like never. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's just a good card. So I think that it may dud a little in the fact where like people will stop being crazy and they will normalize mm -hmm. on it. But it's a good card, and it's definitely a staple in a lot of in just in decks in general. It will always see play. Yep, I agree with that. I agree with that. And um, so if there's any, what am I trying to say here? Just to kind of to kind of wrap up, do you expect any, um, like any like well established archetype? Like, do you think mono water is? still going to be what it's doing do you think mono ice is still going to be doing what it's doing do you think that these <coughs> excuse me these already like super established decks from last meta are going to continue to have the showing that they have even with just like this one new edition i think very specifically um mono water wind water mono ice fire ice will all be in the same spot they will all mm -hmm. see the same amount of play as in a lot as in you know they'll just be <laughs> as around in a yeah lot. they'll be good they'll be around um i think that maybe some of the other guys fall off a little bit i think mono wind maybe has uh mm -hmm. is missing a couple pieces this set yeah i'm actually glad you said that and i guess we can wrap up on this mono wind might have been the biggest loser in this set just because um you get yasmat which while it's good in other decks, I think Mono Wind specifically has a really hard time playing it because Bart's yeah. is a superstar, and that Bart's Fina Bada like they're cheaper and they do much of the same thing. And you're playing the Diabolos, and it's like, mm -hmm. I, I like, ooh, it <laughs> base is tight, 
in Mono Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I think that Mono Wind, as it was really coming up at the end of the last opus, I mean, look at Kansas, mm-hmm. how many Mono Wind decks were there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's weirdly gonna take a take a break. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and uh, actually there was one card I forgot about, and I would be remiss if I didn't say anything about it, and I think it's actually going to end up being a dud, and I think that's Bygen. Ooh. Yeah, that that's my hot take. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it on a spicy take for me. If you have a spicy take, I think Bygen is going to be a dud. Dude, Bygen um, is a card that is so perfect in the Water Earth deck I want to make, but mm-hmm. he doesn't play in the sandbox with Minwoo. And Minwoo and Cecil are best friends, and there's this really awkward, like, love triangle thing happening, and I can't, I just, they don't all play nice together, and it bothers me, because I want them to be friends. I want them to be friends! They work so well, they should work so well together! They should, and I think I think Bygen's, like, like he's the third wheel, he's, he's like, he's the, the friend that comes over that, like, you don't really like, but you tolerate. He's like, hey, guys, and they're like, Bygone, you're kind of, like, out of our element. Yeah. It just, yeah. He just he just doesn't fit. Yeah. Just party's full, man. So, like, that's my spicy take. I, I, I just, I, maybe it's not even that spicy. I just, I just don't think that card's that good at the end of the day, and I think it's going to be a dud overall. That's fair. That's fair. I think that, How about you, John? Do you do you have a spicy take you want to close us out on? Yeah, Chaos Mobius. Nobody's playing that card. Man, I'm sorry. People think people thought that this was like a fire ice card. And then, well, guess it's what? Not. They spoiled Gestal. Uh, Chaos yeah, Mobius. Gestal is your fire ice dark. Card. All of a sudden, Chaos Hands Mobius down. doesn't really do a whole lot when it enters the field, does it? <laughs> nope. All of a sudden, when you read that, you're like, "But what does this do?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, why do I want this? We were like, this when is I the just... best and fire. Oh my god, cleave the board. It synergizes with literally everything. And we're like, actually, uh... <laughs> I could break yeah, a guy. Still... I could just kill. I could just kill the one guy who's in my way. Yeah, I could just kill a dude, and I can trigger all of my things on a backup. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And then I can break it and play the other one if I want to. Yeah, Chaos Mobius, uh, a little rough. Yeah. I agree. I'd I agree. be surprised. I think, I think that card just. Yep. And my and my surprise hot take last minute uh, stud, Larkisha's. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think that card's real good too. I think that card is really really good, and it's still the best set, best art in the set by far. That's it for by me. Far. And, it if, for me. and if there's a full art that anybody needs to chase, it's that one. <laughs> that's the one. I don't want the guys, Yang that's... that fights. Oh well, I mean, look, listen. <laughs> I, I, I'm keeping that card off of all of my lists because I, I just don't think that deck is there yet. A fire monk would have been so huge, <clears throat> and I, that I mean on a backup, like a fire monk on a backup, because then you could play Mott and fix your colors a little bit, and then or like maybe a fire earth dual color Moogle would have been huge. But I just think right now that for me that deck's on the back burner for a minute. Um. It's missing a piece, and we need it before I can before I can let Yang fight till his heart's content. <laughs> but with that, that's all I've got this week. Um, so what I want people to do when they listen to this, you know, comment on whatever platform you're using, be it YouTube, if you listen on SoundCloud, anywhere you can put a comment. When we post these on Facebook, 
let us know what cards you think are going to be good. Or, you know, if you want to, I know people are keeping stuff close to the chest, but if there's a card you've been messing with, you know, like what is your Ultros of the set? Like for me, Ultros, I think is a very average card, but he has been just the overachiever. He is, he has been like the guy that is just somehow dating all the hot chicks and he's just batting out of his league, but he's crushing it. <laughs> That's what he is for me. <coughs> That's great. So, Exactly. So let us know what you know what you guys think about Opus Nine. Talk about predictions. What cards you think are good. Tell us if you think we're wrong. We love to hear from you. We love the dialogue. But until that, John, I've got nothing. What have you got? I got nothing, man. I'm gonna go enjoy some seafood soup. Oh, seafood soup. Love get that. Uncle Ulti his bib. <laughs> oh, get Uncle Ulti his bib. I think that's what I'm gonna name the deck. There you go. God. So so many great names pop up on these things, but other than that, signing off. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners, and make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.